friends, it's time for another edition of the Sensitive Skin Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bernard Meisler. I'm the editor-in-chief of Sensitive Skin Magazine, among other things. I'm also a man about town and a layabout at the same time. And our guest today is an old friend of mine, Keshav Das. And uh, I first met him in New York City early 90s and uh without getting into gory details he was a very big help to me that time in my life and i'll uh, always be very grateful to him for that a little later on he was also a uh, an editor at sensitive skin magazine in our earlier 90s incarnation yes yeah, so that's where i knew him from was from the writing scene and he was one of the unbearables so uh we hung around back then back in the day uh, and he was uh, he wrote under the uh, pen name Christian X Hunter, and then he had his big spiritual awakening and going to India and doing lots of yoga, and uh, changed his name to Keshav Das. And he's hung around with uh, lots of very interesting people. He played music with Krishna Das, the very well known Kirtan musician Krishna Das, and he also uh, spent some time time hanging around with the one and only Ram Das, who sadly passed away a couple of weeks ago, or I should say he left his body a couple of weeks ago. And we talked about that stuff. We talked about the closing of the uh, Jiva Mukti Yoga Center, which was a big deal for a lot of people, writers, artists, etc. Back in the uh, back in the day. And uh, they apparently just closed their doors a few weeks ago. A big changing of the guard. And then we talked about his earlier life, growing up in New York City, how he uh, became a, an ace guitar player. And he was a professional motorcycle racer. He was a professional photographer for a while. Uh, when I met him, he was actually working as a film projectionist. We didn't talk about that, but I'm just thinking about it right now, which was fun because uh, he used to get me into the movies for free. What's better than that? We had a really nice time talking. It was good to it was good to get a chance to you know uh, virtually hang out with him. I haven't seen him in a while. He's had some health issues, which we talked about, and he uh, permanently moved up from uh, New York City to upstate, not far upstate, mid upstate, kind of you know not too far upstate. It's like yeah, but anyway, yet another person who has fled that wonderland of New York City for greener pastures. Good on you. At any rate, without further ado, here is my conversation with Keshav Das. Well, groovy. Groovy, man. <laughs> nice to see your face. Lovely. Yeah. How you doing? I'm all right. I feel, uh, happy New Year, happy new decade and all that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I got a cold. Great way to Aww. start off the, 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 the year. But what are you going to do? So what to do? Yeah. yeah. At least I don't have a hangover. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Should we start off by just complaining about our old man physical ailments? Slightly. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you had you that know. big surgery, the 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 uh, quadruple bypass. When was that? Yeah. I can't remember time. It's like it was, was on it, December sixth. It was a year yeah. ago. Okay. How are you yeah. feeling? 
I mean, as far as that's concerned, great. I mean, uh, I healed up very quickly, uh -huh. and uh, I spent all spring and last summer and right through till uh, end of November. I was out riding my motorcycle, you know, putting in, you know, 20, 30 miles every day if it wasn't raining. So, you know, I'm, I'm good. That's great, man. Yeah, no, I'm, you know. Yeah. It's one of, one of the nice things about living up here uh, in the country. Uh huh. So you're full time in the country now? Well, yeah, I've been for four years. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, we're uh, finally uh, just getting around to. Uh, we we were renting our, our our place in the city. Now we're we're finally selling it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's done. Yeah, it's over. Like, you know, maybe what if we want to move back? It's like nah, you know that's not going to happen. Yeah, I know. It's like when I moved out here. Uh, after I was out here a couple of years, some friends in the city. So like, so when are you going to move back to the city? And it's like, you know, once you kind of leave, uh, it doesn't really look that tempting anymore. No, I mean, the only real thing that I, I, you know, regularly miss up here is like, you know, cultural, racial sure. diversity, you know. Sure. It's, uh, it's pretty white up here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I know it's like where I am too. There's not a whole lot of, it's not a whole lot of culture. But you know, uh, yeah. the city's there if you want it. And I find that I don't really want it that much. No, yeah. you know, I go in here and there, mostly for a doctor's appointment or something uh -huh. or whatever, you know. But uh -huh. uh, it's nice to visit my favorite restaurants, but right. uh, that's about it. You know, you drive through the East Village and it's just. You know, like like Penny used to say, it's it's you know instead of like all the speed freaks who would like walk off the top of like tenement buildings and then walk away, it's now Muffy and Buffy and Trip the Third. Yeah, <laughs> Trip the Third. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard somebody called Trip, and I was like, "What a strange nickname, Trip! Like you're an acid head." Oh no, no, you're just like a wasp. You're you're yep. some somebody yeah. the third. I, you know, it took me a minute to figure it out. <laughs> so uh, uh, I wanted to, t one of the reasons I thought about talking to you, why you, why you came up besides just wanted to talk to you for a while, was uh, the passing of uh, Ram Dass. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, were you, did you know him? Were you a follower of his at all or? Uh, no, you know, I knew him uh, because he was Satsa. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, um, and I, I met him on a lot of different occasions. Uh, uh, actually, I've been in two of the movies about him. I was in two of the, you know, oh, really? the, the bio, the bios about him. Um, but just you know, uh, because I was playing music, and they mm -hmm. would they would show clips of me playing with with Christian Oss and stuff. Oh, yeah. okay. um, but uh, you know, uh, yeah, Rob Dust and I never really connected. Hmm. You know, uh, uh, I think a, a lot of the name Curly Baba people um, were, they were needing a physical guru, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so name Curly Baba has, you know, been dead for decades. Right. Uh, and, uh, and so they, you know, uh initially uh well actually they latched onto him because he was he was accessible mm -hmm. you know he was here in the states he was accessible um 
where it's like in India, uh, the name Karli Baba people, uh, the Indians, um, uh, sort of transferred their allegiance, as it were, to this this woman, Siddhi Ma, uh -huh. who had been with Neem Karli Baba for all, like 50 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she was, you know, she was a great saint. Uh, I spent a lot of time with her. Um, but, uh, you know, Ramdas was, for whatever reason, you know, uh, uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, when I used to do classes with David and Sharon, um, they would play uh, cassette tapes of Ramdas's talks mm -hmm. during the Shavasana, the corpse pose at the end of the yoga thing. Mm -hmm. And I found his voice was like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> okay. just, it just irritated me. Um, and then I would read his books. And I found there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of good usable teachings. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, for myself, uh, I found that he was just uh, too narcissistically self-referential. Mm. Uh, you know, um, so that was a big turnoff for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I don't know. I think, you know, we were sort of emailing about this the other day. That's that's always been a turnoff for me and just all spiritual endeavors whatsoever is when you get like, it's just human nature, right? You get somebody who's, I don't know, a little bit more enlightened than the rest of us and has something to teach us or some wisdom to pass on and then they attract followers and then they get a little ego going you know it's just they can't help it and it's it's uh but it's kind of a it's kind of a turnoff you know but it it, it it's it's funny that you get somebody even as like i i think i mentioned this the other day even as like totally scummy as like bikram you know oh uh, yeah 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 and we've all heard the stories about Bikram. And I mean, he basically, I, I don't mean to, uh, you know, libel anybody, but uh, the man had to flee the country to avoid going to jail, you know. Yeah. And yeah. but but he still has his classes and people still go and people still have, uh, you know, they 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 still love his teachings, even though they know he's a total scoundrel. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, when, I, when this subject comes up with people, uh, what I like to tell people is that, you know, I mean, it's just it's a life lesson, not so much a guru lesson. But but, you know, uh, good things come even via some bad people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, when I was first starting to do yoga before I got to India, and I'll make this very short. Uh, someone actually, you know, it happened because you and I went to uh, that sound place over on, on Lower Broadway. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Right? We did, and, and, and I got so, like, high from, what from was the it? light was sound like, thing. With, there was, like, sound, they were putting different sound, sound waves and, in our ears right, and then and, light in our eyes. Light and, things in your eyes, yeah. yeah. And so one of the girls who worked there said, oh, you know, you should come meet my guru over at the Chelsea Hotel. Um so I went with her like uh, a few weeks later, um, and the guru wasn't there. Um, and you know, I thought I would check it out. And he had this, you know, very intense following. Um, and, and you know, I went for several weeks just just out of curiosity. 
um, and he was not there at any of the times, you know, those times. And, you know, and then during one of the evenings uh, when someone was basically uh, talking about some spiritual teachings, I had this very intense realization that I had never felt welcome any place in the world. And, and, and it was and it was this th- and I just also I just broke down in tears, mm. not like out of sadness, but just like, oh, this is something I need to acknowledge. Mm. And it was it was a big changing moment for me in my life. And then I met the guru a few weeks later when he came in and he was this Westerner who uh, had uh, formerly been a, a film director. He'd made a movie uh, of Romeo and Juliet with with the cast of House Cats. <laughs> And he was a, sounds pretty total, good. <laughs> he was a total fucking lunatic. Yeah, and he, yeah. was, he was, he was, you know what you were saying? He was preaching the gospel of like, you know, get spiritual and have money in cars. Right. Right. And I, and I had, I had to get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Which seems to but, be all too, all too common yeah. in many strains. Yeah. 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 So, you know, sometimes good things happen, you know, uh, you know, it, you yeah. know, just take it, get it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I learned that lesson a while ago that, uh, uh, I had to keep my ears open to everybody because somebody who, for whatever reason, their personality, whatever it was that I didn't like or even felt actively repulsed by, mm. it was like, okay, something's going on here. I really better listen to this person. They they must have something that I need to hear because there's there's something about, you know, maybe I don't want to like hang out with them. But I, I should see if they have some kind of lesson for me. Yeah. And, and frequently they did, you know. So, yeah. but are I, you still are you still do you have any connection with Take Not Han? Not really, you yeah. know. Uh, I mean, I use uh, uh, I still use his, one of his mantras when I meditate. It's like yeah, easy. I, I still use the. I, and I didn't get into him to the extent that you did, mm-hmm. uh, but in very early days of, you know, recovery, uh, you know, I got one of his little books, and uh, and the one that stuck with me is like, when you're doing the dishes, do the dishes. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And I that's that stayed with me for thirty years. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 uh, that's a pretty great one. I I loved what he said about uh, being stuck in a traffic jam. You know, or just like any situation where you're like uh, feeling frustrated and angry and you're wasting your time. It's like, what a great opportunity to meditate. You know, and you can start meditating and then when <laughs> just close your eyes and breathe. And then when it's time to when it's time for you to move, don't worry, the person behind you will let you know. <laughs> but uh, I, I still use one of his really simple mantras for or for meditating mm. for starting off. Right. Which is, uh, what is this? Breathing in, I see myself as a flower. Breathing out, I am fresh. That one, you know? That, that's, no, I, but yeah. Yeah, what is that? Then it's breathing in, I see myself as a mountain. Breathing out, I am solid. Breathing in, I see myself as still water. Breathing out, I, I, ref, I see myself as I am. Breathing in, I see myself as space. Breathing out, I am free. Uh, it's just like super basic, but it it's a good... I still use that as my sort of jumping off point for, uh, well, that's lovely. I meditation. don't know that, but yeah. yeah, yeah, it works. But anyways, about Ramdas, I think what's kind of interesting about him is like, again, like you said, he was somehow 
more much more accessible to Westerners, and maybe that's because he was already kind of famous and knew a lot of other famous people. But I, I bet that ten times as many people have read "Be Here Now" as have read "Miracle of Love." If, if oh, not, yeah, not a sure. hundred times it, as many people, you know. It, it, you know, it was a it was a seventies hippie staple. So sure, yeah, sure. I got a copy back there somewhere, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I think it's, I think it did a lot of good for him, but, uh, I don't know. I also remember, uh, meeting Bhagavan Das, you know, uh -huh. and, uh, thinking like this guy's just hanging around looking for free food. Well, you know, funny thing. I mean, you know, uh, cause you know, I, I, you know, uh, I play with him quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, again, this is now it's been, I haven't been 20 years, but we still, we're still in touch, mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, but I, 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 you know, when I was playing with him 20 years ago, um, I have to say I was actually repulsed by him because mm -hmm. I'd heard all the stories, right. you know, from our friends, you know, right. and all the and, and he always and, had uh, some 17-year-old hippie runaway girl by his side and. Right. And people would, you know, wake up in the morning, he'd be gone and all the money was in the drugs were missing from the house mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. all that stuff. But uh, surprise, surprise. He's he's, uh, I think, six years sober now. Wow. And he's really uh, he's grounded. He's like and he really does seem a different person. That's good to hear. That's yeah. good to hear. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember, you know, the the whole thing about like, you know meeting your heroes and being disappointed <laughs> um, a lifetime of that yeah yeah a lifetime of that yeah, yeah. and so yeah, uh, he was okay so good no i was saying yeah was saying, yeah when i when i used to play with him he you know he'd you know show up at the gig and he was like clearly like you know shit-faced right and then and then who knows what he was and he like sit next to you you're sitting next to him playing on stage and he'd fart, and he's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I have to get out of here. It's like, I can't believe it. Oh, it was just awful. Oh, man. Um, and and so another milestone. I I hadn't heard about this, but I, I guess Jiva Mukti closed down just the other day. Is that true? Was it December 22nd? Yeah, I only heard it from, from, from Kira, my wife. Mm -hmm. Um uh I mean, I guess I'm not surprised. The, you know, uh, uh, um, all the various scandals and so forth, uh, yeah. you know, were very public. I mean, it's been reported uh, to death. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like uh, I'm, you know, talking out of school. Right. Uh, I, I remember uh, reading about it, uh, uh, yeah. seeing it and seeing an article in the frickin' New York Post and about one woman in particular who we know I won't even say her name but it was like yeah. her what yeah 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 she was yeah I, I don't again I, I don't want to get into the specifics about her but yeah no, maybe, uh, you know but it was kind uh, of shocking but I guess there was tons of stuff like that going on there I guess you know uh, <clears throat> so uh, did they retire from the Yogi business? You know, or? I, you know, I want to, I'm actually meaning to talk to um, uh, my friend Barbara up in Woodstock, um, who I believe is uh, still uh, pretty in constant contact with mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. um, and I was actually thinking of, of, you know, 
seeing if they would be up for an interview. Mm-hmm. Because uh, mostly because I'm just curious, um, uh, because they play such a big part of my life. Sure. And, you know, they they you know uh, you know whether they did it out of the uh, out of largesse or you know or not or not. Uh, regardless, uh, they just completely changed my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? and, and same for, same for a ton of other people. You know, I mean, I know sure, a yeah. ton of people who they they literally saved their life, and you know, uh, whatever their motivation for it was, and I have a feeling it was different uh, uh, in the middle or the end than it was toward the beginning. You know. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I, I think I told you this, too. You're talking about never feeling welcome. I never quite felt welcome there, you know, even though I was friends with a bunch of teachers or certain teachers would be very welcoming to me. But just in general, I never really felt, you know. Well, it, you know, I mean, there was always that, um, you know, sort of, I, 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 I hesitate to call it a cult, but there was a veneer of cultishness. Yeah. Uh, so if you are not a regular uh, attendee there, mm-hmm. uh, if you didn't go to the Monday night satsangs, right. um, and, you know, participate, uh, more deeply than just going to the class, uh, you know, then you, you know, uh, you know, people were hesitant to, uh, to be inclusive. Yeah. Uh, unless of course you were, you know, Madonna or Willem Dafoe. Right. Right. Or Sting. You know, then, then, then you were in like Flynn. Yeah. But, I, uh, I remember, uh, I have, I have two quick sting stories at Chiva Mukti. <laughs> I'll tell. Oh, well, one, tell me, tell me. So one time, uh, this is at the second, there's both at the second Avenue place, the original place uh, uh-huh. above the Thai restaurant. Um, right. Yeah. Which was actually a pretty good restaurant, but I think it's the first time I ever had Thai food was there too. But uh, um, I was at a class, and it was you know pretty small. It was just during the afternoon, and it was uh, pouring rain out, so there weren't a lot of people there. And uh, there's this guy next to me. You know, we're doing yoga, and then after the class, we're getting dressed, putting our shoes on, and uh, you know we just like made eye contact. And I was like, hey, how you doing? Because I did that thing where it's like, who is this guy? I recognize him. Is he like my neighbor or does he work in the coffee shop down the street? I, you know what I mean? You see someone, you you know their face, but you don't know their name. And you just go, hey, how are you? Being friendly. And he kind of like looked at me and scowled and went, huh. you know, <laughs> just like looked away. And I was like, wow, what's his problem? Well, he's, he, 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 he is a scowler. Yeah. I'll tell you when you're finished. But. Yeah, he's, he's scowling. And I was like, what's his problem? What a dick. I'm just saying hi. And then we walk out and it's pouring rain. And all of a sudden there's this like giant, big black, you know, Mercedes limo out front and a, and a chauffeur runs out in the chauffeur's uniform with an umbrella and runs out and puts it over his head. And I was like, oh, I see. That's who that was staying. I get it. You know, but still didn't have to be such a dick. But the other, the, the other story, the other story, the other story is better. So that was just the lead up to the other. The other story is this again. One time I was going to the class there and waiting in line, you know, going up the stairs. And there was like uh-huh, a, yeah. some uh, hippie girl like signing people into the classes. And, yeah. you know, and I was like, oh, I was like, there he is, you know, like three people ahead of me. And anyway, they the, the girl says, OK, you sign in. It's like fifteen dollars and he, whatever. Give her the money. And he says, what's your name? What's your name? And he says, Sting. And she looks at him, clearly 
like know nothing about pop culture. She just looked at him and said, stink. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody started laughing. <laughs> and it's like, I almost felt, felt bad for him, you know, but anyway, yeah, but that's a feel bad. Yeah. When the, you know, the first time I met him, uh, was at a rehearsal for the for the gala opening for the Lafayette Street, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. place. Um, I remember that. I remember not and, being invited. Yeah. A, a lot of people were not invited. Yeah. Really thought for sure they should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, But anyhow, but that was when, uh, you know, I was still coming out of my, you know, my punk rock phase. And I still had, you know, the like paper white hair. <laughs> so I showed up for rehearsal and he no longer did that. But he looked at me and it was like, like I could read his mind. It was like, oh, you're like, you dyed your hair white, you know, just so you could like, you know, look cool when you hang out with me. And I was just getting this this scowling vibe. And yeah. I looked at him and said, said, no, no. We invented this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was doing this before you were doing it. Yeah, it's like yeah, but but uh, you know we we didn't have. I mean, he sat next to me on the stage twice. We sat next to each other like inches apart, and he never like after the gig was over, he just walked away. Never said hello, you know. Yeah. Never said hello. How you doing? Or that was fun. Or he just didn't acknowledge people. Yeah, yeah. It, it got to by the time it got to Lafayette street the place was lousy with celebrities and yeah. i remember i remember one time uh i was there and both uh gina gershon and elizabeth berkeley were there uh, at the same time you know the stars of uh showgirls yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i was just like what is going on here i'm a big gina gershon fan yeah, no, I, 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 I love that movie, you know, it was, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was, no, she's great. Elizabeth Berkeley's great too, you know, but uh, it was just funny, like seeing like, what is going on here? This, this, there's, what were their name? Nomi and uh, uh, whatever from the movie. I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't, yeah. but um, yeah, I, 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 you know, it uh, is what it is and it ain't what it ain't, as I believe you used to say. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the thing that that put me on guard, uh, in a you know protective sense, uh, in terms of not getting too absorbed into the Ramdas thing, mm-hmm. and likewise with David and Sharon, um, is that uh, I had a read a book that was from my old therapist from many years ago. Um, um, it was a Reikian, Alexander Lowen, uh, uh, and he wrote this wonderful book called, uh, he, he gave me this book called Feet of Clay. And, uh, uh, and that book really just, you know, it just spells it out for you about, you know, charismatics and narcissistic gurus. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it largely, it, it, it talks largely about the narcissism, narcissism of most gurus. Yeah. And it just opened my eyes and it just always kept me on guard yeah. uh, against getting sucked into that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's not just in the spiritual world. I think it's like, you know, everywhere where you are in some sort of position of power and you get people, uh, sort of worshiping you you know for, and it's, it's people like 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 obama 
you know, like, like, like to get to that position in the world, you got to be a fucking narcissist. And there's people who so. kind of worship him or, or Steve Jobs, you know, who is uh, in many ways, like did some of the worst shit I've ever heard to people, you know, like, like disowning his daughter who he knew for a fact was his daughter and the mother and daughter were like on food stamps and welfare for years. And he refused to give them a dime for 20 years. And then finally when he was dying, I guess, or, you know, relented, but you know, yeah, um, that book was, I read the book. It was, it was, it was painful to read. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But yeah, he was, he was, I mean, he was really severe in that regard. You yeah. Know, yeah. I think. Yeah. But I think, it's also just like we, we, we know more about him than we do so many of these others. It, you know, it's like, uh, uh, what was the name of that science fiction movie? Uh, oh, shoot. It wasn't They Live. It was another one that came out around the same time about some alien who would, you know, this alien creature would come and inhabit people's bodies. And, um, you know, he ended up going into this like politician's body and, you know, he's like, you know, why, why are you here? It's like, I want to be president. It was like, a, anyway, I'm getting way, yeah. off, <laughs> way off. It was pretty, it was pretty great though. You know, because so it was this evil alien creature who only sought to like take power and destroy. And, you know, he, he went into this, this politician was not doing so well. And then the alien went into him and he was like, I want to be president. And people were like, yeah, he really wants it. You know, somehow people are attracted to it i don't know i don't know so are you are you are you doing any writing these days um no just you know kind of a little extemporaneous this and that you know here and there but nothing uh i i was really thinking about you know getting back i started getting out my old manuscripts and stuff like mm -hmm. that uh, uh, and thinking about going, uh, writing some new stuff and going do some readings, but uh, I just haven't found a venue up here, uh, uh -huh. you know, where I feel like, uh, you know, there just isn't a class of writers that I want to, yeah. you know, that I think would appreciate what I do. Yeah. Well, you so, could always go back into the city. I'm sure that the unbearable folks would welcome you back with open arms. Oh yeah, I mean, I Some still. Some anyway. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I have a, a, a good uh, relationship with everybody, Ron and all those guys. Mm -hmm. uh, I just saw uh, Bart, Bart Plantenga, oh, okay. Amsterdam uh, last summer. Oh really? What were you yeah, doing was, in Amsterdam? Uh, I, I was. You know, I used to race motorcycles professionally. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's been my dream for all these years uh, to go to the, uh, the 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 moto the MotoGP the Grand Prix race uh, in Am you know outside of Amsterdam. Uh, so I went there uh, specifically to see the race. But then while I was there, I took some time out to hang out with Bart. How how is that? How's he doing? He's doing really well. He's uh, aging gracefully. Uh -huh, uh, uh -huh. You know. It's, uh, uh, he's active as ever. Mm -hmm. um, he's working on. Uh, 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 I actually I wrote a piece for him for a book he's doing on on uh, people uh, uh, who have decided to uh, to be childless. I, I was actually I spoke with him last summer and he mentioned that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So, 
But yeah, he's just he's just very you know he's just busy and really very engaged and uh, you know uh, loving you know being a dad himself. Uh-huh, uh-huh. like yeah. So yeah, he seems like he's a great dad. He does a lot yeah. of stuff with his daughter. Yeah, yeah. Aging gracefully, staying active, right? That's the yeah. That's the key somehow. To, well, know. I mean, I wasn't as active as I, I as I could have been, but you know, after the after the heart surgery, right. and I did the, the uh, uh, I did three months of, of rehab, and they said, okay, now you have to do this at least twenty minutes a day, three days a week, or you're going to be back here in like ten years. Really? So. Yeah, because I, you know, not a gym person mm-hmm. ever, but right. you know, I, I, you know, so uh, so now I go to the week, I go to the gym three days a week, and I run a couple miles, and uh, you know, do you know, nothing, you know, too crazy. Right, right. But, but you're doing that instead of yoga. Yeah, I'm thinking I started to do yoga again. Um, you know, again, I, I Jiva Mukti was such a, a, a defining thing for me. And I've done yoga in lots of other places, mm-hmm. uh, uh, trying to find a place that was just not Jiva Mukti. Right. Um, right. And, uh, and, you know, uh, always sort of come away slightly dissatisfied because I'm so used to that style mm-hmm. uh, of yoga. But uh, but now it's been a while. And uh, and part of it was I stopped doing because, you know, my my hands, I got this Dupuchin's contracture thing about five years ago. It got really bad, and I couldn't put my hands flat. Mm. Uh, now I'm just you know, going to screw it. I'm just going to get some, some little wedge blocks and just go do some yoga. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When, when I moved out here, I know exactly what you're talking about. There was a point where I was kind of, you know, grossed out by what was going on at Chiba Mukti with all like the mm-hmm. celebrity stuff. And I tried other studios and it was funny. I was like, yeah, this isn't really that great. I don't know. It's not doing it for me. But when I moved out here uh, for a while, I was actually doing, even though I spoke shit about him before I was doing Bikram. Yeah. You know? And it was, right, it was right, good because huh? it was like this tiny little hole in the wall place uh, right by me and very low key. And uh, uh, I really liked it for a while. I, I ended up stopping after I got like a couple of injuries, but uh, you know, I messed up my foot and I couldn't, you know, do it. Well, it's so easy to injure stuff. yourself when you're that overheated because you know, yeah. you, you, you think you're so open and then you yeah. just, it's easy to push past your, your, your safe place. Yeah. 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 And uh, they, they always say like, take it easy. Don't feel like you're, you know, have to do everything, but then you get started and you can't help yourself. Yeah. They always say, say, oh, it's not a competition, but you know, you're always like trying to do it better than the guy. It's a total competition. You know, you you feel bad if like you can't do like the handstand or headstand or whatever, but uh, I I didn't injure myself in class. I don't know. uh, It was weird. I had a, what really knocked me out was I had plantar fasciitis and you know, that just like knocked me out for a while. And right. then I'd gone back several times, but uh, now I, now I can't do it because of my back. My back's all fucked up. So yeah, I'm doing other things. I'm going to the surgery is not an option. It's always an option, but I'm trying to avoid it if I can, because uh, back surgery is really fucking scary. You know, um, I mean, yeah, I, I felt the same way, but I, like I told you, I, I had that, you know, what, what happened was, I mean, I had predisposition, predisposition towards it because I injured my back when I used to race 
and then uh, and then you know I think I you know doing a lot of those heavy duty uh, uh, back bends and yoga and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, but you know, one day I just like threw a 50 pound bag of soil on my shoulder and, and I was like, oh, then I spent months on, 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 on the couch, just screeching yeah. full of, full of painkillers and finance, you, you know, so I find this is, you know, I just, uh, I got a recommendation for this guy while, while Cornell did, you know, it's just, it's microsurgery and, uh, I was out and a week later, no pain, you know? Really? So what, what, what exactly was wrong with you? Uh, you know, I had uh, a bulging disc that was just pressing on a nerve, mm -hmm. and he went in and just basically, you know, he, he trimmed it back in a few places, and he trimmed some of the bone away so huh. that it wasn't pressing on the nerve. All right. Well, that doesn't sound so bad. What I've, I mean, what I've, what I heard about was like people started talking to me about disc replacement. No, yeah, that's yeah, no, that's that's scary stuff. That's yeah. scary stuff. As opposed, I mean, they used to do fusion. They used to fuse the discs together, mm -hmm. and that's terrible. Like nobody's ever had a good result from yeah, that, yeah. I think. But and now what they're doing is they're actually talking about replacing the uh, the discs because yeah. I have bulging discs, but my discs are also arthritic and degenerated, and yeah, it's a big mess. So anyway, but yeah, you know, look into you know the. Uh, the microsurgery stuff, you know, okay. if, if you, you know, it really worked. It was, you know, I was scared too. Yeah. But, but, you know, yeah. the, the alternative into, was. Yeah. I looked into the actual, what they do for a disc replacement. And it was like, oh my God, that's, no, no, that's, that's, that's crazy stuff. Yeah. Cause they go in, they go in from the front, you know, and then just, there's so much stuff going on there. Well, you know, a million different tiny little nerves and whatever. It's so easy for something to go to go wrong so i'm trying to avoid yeah. it if i can so yeah one of the last times i was in in, in uh, kenchi in india there was this guy there who had it had he'd been in some horrendous accident and he reconstructed his back with all these little you know series of cages and uh, mm. and and apparently he was he was a big guy uh, he was huge. He was like six, seven, or something, and you know, weighed like a lot. Apparently, when they were moving him off the off the operating table, they dropped him. Oh God! And then, you know, it just it just fucked him up totally. You yeah, know, yeah, it's and, it's, you know, it's the, the 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 things that can go wrong and how frequently they go wrong is really uh, uh, kind of scaring me. But I don't know. Maybe I'll look into the into the microsurgery. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, uh, I, you know what though? I wanna. We're talking about uh, all the all the the Indian stuff and yoga mm. and Jiva Mukti. Let's yeah. go back a little bit more. Yeah, sure, sure. I want to yeah. talk about like uh, you know. I know some of this stuff, but probably I don't know that much. You know, it's funny. I've known you a long time, but so where did you grow up? Did you grew up in in New York City or? No, I was I was born in Freeport. Uh, lived on Long Island till uh, was about. I guess 11, and then we moved to the city. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I grew up on the Upper West Side. Uh-huh, like during the 70s? Uh, 60s. 60s, okay. Yeah. yeah, I was Yeah, I was, I was. was living on the Upper West Side back when when uh, King was killed, and Bobby Kennedy, and, mm. you know, the whole, the whole Vietnam War was still, you know, going on and all. Uh, yeah. Um, and the Upper West Side was... Uh, Kind of like the Wild West a little bit back then. It too. was. I mean, we lived, we lived, you know, in a very modest apartment, you know, about half a block off the park. 
So it was pretty nice. But once you get over, like, uh, you know, block and a half west of us, it was, you know, it was Junkie City. And, um, right, and there's Needle Park and all that. Yeah, well, that was down, that was on, in the Needle Park was up on 74th Street. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, that that was still, that stayed rough for a long time. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, uh, I lived over there for a while uh, when I was 16. Yeah, 16, my, you know, long story short, but my mom kicked me out of the house. And uh, uh, do you know who Ralph Reese is? I know who, the comic book artist? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, Ralph, and, you know, because I grew up with all these comic book guys. Uh, I knew a lot of them. Uh, we used to hang out in the village and, you know, get high together and whatnot. And uh, so did Ralph. He, did he take you in? or He took me in, uh, you know, didn't charge me rent. Um, and I still to this day can't remember what I did to, like, make money, you know, other than, you know, probably selling the occasional bit of pot here and there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know where the money came from. But, yeah, but Ralph took me in and uh, and let me live there and, uh, you know, uh, for, you know, a few years, you know, uh-huh. before, I, you know, then I moved up to Vermont. I met this cute hippie chick and we ended up getting married and, uh, uh, you know, lasted for about a year. And then I just had to come back to the city. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and then, yeah. And then, when did you get into like the playing music and the the motorcycle racing? When did that happen? Uh, well, music was always like from the time I got my first guitar when I was like nine years old. Uh-huh. So, like around you know sixty three, I had my first guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I had gone to a um, what they used to it, it means something different now, but what they used to call freedom schools. Um, which and this one was based on uh, the school Summerhill that was run by A.S. Neal in England, which was, uh, you know, uh, in a nutshell, uh, kids could do anything they wanted as long as they didn't hurt anybody else. Mm-hmm. You wanted to go to class, you could go to class. If you didn't want to go to class, you didn't go to class. Um, and uh, there was this guy, George von Hilsheimer, here in New York, who uh, set out with good intentions to try to emulate that. Uh, but the staff at the school, uh, you know, were kind of uh, uh, ex-beatniks, uh, proto-hippies, uh, and, uh, you know, um, so there was just constant drug use, and uh, the teachers were sleeping with the students. Uh, virtually nobody ever went to a class. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and, and, and a lot of the staff there uh, knew people, you know, in the folky world. So, uh, you know, people like Ramblin' Jack Elliott and uh, uh, a lot of well-known, you know, uh, folk artists from that time used to pass through there. Um, and, and, you know, they would just, they would, you know, not do concerts, but they would, you know, they would, they would have a free bed and, 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 and a meals for a few days while they were, you know, in between gigs on the road. And they would, you know, play little, you know, they would play in the kitchen, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for people and uh, so that's how I really got started playing mm-hmm. um, there was a girl there um, who had the room next to me and she would hitchhike down to the Bronx every week and she would take uh, guitar lessons with Reverend Gary Davis Jr. Mm. Um, and then she would come up and she says, okay this is what he taught me and she would like pass on oh, cool. all, all the lessons to me so that's what really got me going uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, bless her 
that was a, a really an amazing connection to have. Absolutely. Uh, so um, yeah, so but so I, I played music all my life. Uh, uh, the motorcycle thing was uh, uh, I, I worked uh, kind of in the seventies, around seventy six or so. I was working for uh, a fashion photographer, uh, this guy Herman Estevez. Uh, I was his studio manager. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was trying to you know get myself going as a photographer. And uh, Herman Herman got a little 250cc uh, Yamaha two-stroke bike, and he was very enamored of it. And you know, if, if Herman you know liked something, then you had to like it. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like it's the same way. You know, people want to turn you on to like drugs because they like drugs. Uh, and he kept saying, "You got to get a motorcycle. Got to get a motorcycle." And I said, hey, "No, people get fucked up by motorcycles. That's dangerous." And he kept pushing me and pushing me. And he said, oh, yeah, this guy, Ivan, is selling this Kawasaki for, like, dirt cheap. you got to buy it. I said, okay, I'll buy it. And as soon as I, you know, I could I could ride, I was just in love. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I started hanging out with all the guys who rode fast bikes. And I would ask them, like, how did you get fast? And they'd say, well, you got to, like, push it to the edge and then see what happens. And so I said, oh, so you mean crash? Yeah, that's part of it. Oh God! <laughs> and I was like, I really don't like that idea too much. Um, and then I heard about this guy Keith Code uh, from the California Superbike School, and he would he would travel around the country uh, to all the AMA nationals. And then after the uh, race weekend was over, he would do <coughs> he would do a two day course. Um, and so I thought I'll do that. And that way, I can become a better rider on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be a safer, but I can still yep. be fast but safe. Uh, and then once I got on a racetrack up at Loudon, New Hampshire, on, on a real race motorcycle, no mirrors, no kickstand, you know, uh, you know, no dogs, no traffic lights, no cops. I say, wow, <laughs> this is just like I'm at home. This is, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, fortunately, I, I I could afford to do it because I had um, I had been living for for like uh, eleven years in, in a cold water loft, you know, with you know no heat uh, <laughs> on the weekends up on Twenty Third Street, and uh, it sold sold my rights to the loft uh, to these developers, so I had a bunch of cash, and it, it afforded me the the, the the ability to mm-hmm. have a motorcycle habit for a while. And, uh, you know, it was great fun. I, I raced against guys who were much younger than me. Uh, I, I never became, you know, fabulous. But I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a lot yeah. of fun, you know. Yeah. And, and then when did you, uh, how and when did you start getting into writing? Because um, that's how I met you was through the, the right, writing Right, early scene. recovery. Um, I was uh, seeing, um, oh, my God, uh, uh, a girl from uh, Camper Van Beethoven. Uh, she, used to, she used to go out with 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 uh, um, with Joey Angel. I her name will come to me. But she 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 took me to the uh, uh, the bottom line to see Jim Carroll and uh, Marion Faithful. Mm. And and uh, and Jim Carroll didn't play. He just he just read. Mm-hmm. 
And she said, what do you think? I said, I can do that. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, not, I'm not impressed. Uh-huh. And she says, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, you're all talk with, you know, you know, and like two weeks later, I went to ABC Norio with like 20 poems and, 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 and people really liked what I did. And I was like, well, okay, I was off to the races. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's really kind of how it started. Yeah. yeah. Now I remember your stuff, your stuff was really good. Uh, you know, you're not supposed to say it, but you know, I mean, I, I, you know, reread my old stuff sometimes. I'm like, wow, I can't believe I wrote this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, good, that's you know, a good feeling when that happens. Yeah, it's like, you know, you, you expect to go back and go, oh, wow, this is really, this is, you know, immature, shallow, right, right. superficial. It's all, you know, it's, you know, and it's like, no, this stuff is actually quite good. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's, it, it's funny how that works. I, I, I've had both things happen to me, but, you know, I, I recently finally bit the bullet and threw away my 500 page manuscript that I'd been working on, on and off for many years. And it was like, you know. I had some ideas here, but this is shit. No. <laughs> it, it felt really good to take this stack of papers, like four inches thick, and just dump it, you know. But yeah. uh, knowing that I've, you know, but I've done other stuff that I I think holds up and is 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 pretty good. But it took me a long time to figure out how to do it. Well, uh, you know, it's that thing of like Mark Maron always talks about. It's like you have to like maintain that delusion uh-huh. that you know that it's going to happen one day. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that I think that what helped me was that, like I dropped that delusion that mm. anything would happen right. from it, you know, like that I that I like. I think a lot of people, maybe most, if not all of the people we knew back in the day were like any minute now, you know, I'm going to get my book out there and everybody's going to see what a genius I am. And, you know, I'll whatever, get rich and famous and sell my film rights and all this shit you know i think there's uh again you know lots of ego involved but i i, I think i i started getting better when i finally uh just dropped that and i said i'm just gonna do this because you know i like doing it and it's kind of fun and whatever and if, if i read if i write something and five people read it that's good enough you know yeah and, and I, I think that just helped a lot. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I, I, what that keeps me that I like to do is, is it's not a, a, a literary thing, but um, you know, I uh, it become part of this uh, forum, uh, which is largely uh, populated by uh, uh, some racers and a lot of ex racers. Uh, and, and the thing is, it, it's a worldwide forum. Um, so, I mean, there's people and I've become friends with guys in Australia and Japan and England and a lot of people in Australia and England, especially and Germany, uh, uh, just, you know, all over Asia. Uh, and, uh, so I, you know, I write pieces for just, you know, for the forum, oh, cool. uh, and I, and I love doing it. Uh, and, uh, and I mean, it's funny because I mean, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, there's only, you know, there's not, it's not such a great number of people. But, uh, it, it, you know, the, the, the pieces I read, you know, end up getting like, you know, read by five, six thousand people. That's great. So it's, uh, it's you know, it's fun. It's just, you're, you're just, you know, it's largely like kind of opinion pieces and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's, it's you're connecting with people and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, about something that you enjoy, 
that you really enjoy that you're passionate about yeah yeah no it's that's that that that's fun um but it's also you know it's funny you said like uh you saw jim carroll and said i could do that and of course that's like you know the secret to like you know doing anything in the art yeah. and seeing something oh, i could do that and you know maybe you can and hey go ahead and try it wow look i can that's great uh but it, it's it's I, I, I kind of think it's just like a, a really rare skill these days, people being able to write. It's like, you know, I see, uh, well, okay, you were, I remember you being an excellent guitar player, and which is great. I am striving to become a competent guitar player, you know, at this point in my life. I've got the time to do it and practice, and, and it's a lot of fun. But as we know, like, excellent guitar players are kind of a dime a dozen, right? It's, dime a dozen, yeah. I mean, you know, it's the same thing with writers. It just, you know, that's the problem. There's, I don't think it's true with writers. I think there's really not that many who are really, really good. and Or, or else maybe it's just that, because I I, I'm thinking of this in the context of, like, you know, everybody's talking about like the golden age of TV and there are all these mm -hmm. great shows. And I, I think there's a lot of watchable TV because they're putting in like some basic production values, but it seems like there's a ton of great actors. There's, you know, enough directors and cinematographers and that they can put out like something that at least on the surface of is of like high quality, but I, I see so many of these uh, shows or movies where the writing just falls apart for me, where I just see something that makes me really mad where for convenience sake, they, you know, have a, uh, a character act completely out of character just to further a plot or something like that. And well, I don't know. Maybe it's yeah, just, that's just lazy. Yeah. That's yeah, it's just lazy. That's just yeah. lazy. Or, yeah. but, or maybe, but I was thinking maybe it's not lazy. Maybe it's just like, writing takes more time than some of these other things, right? Well, yeah, to, to do it on a weekly basis. Right, I mean, right. You know, and plus, you know, I mean, I think with, if you're writing for TV or movies and stuff, uh, you know, people are, are uh, you know, they're always, they're rarely working on just one project. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then yeah. if, if you're, if you're, if you've got like five uh, 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 screenplays out there, you know, Probably, you know, maybe two of them are good and the right. rest, you know. Right. But it's just... also, I guess, because it's like a room full of, you know, room full of people. I, I had a uh, I had a friend a few years ago who was writing for um, what was that show? Weeds. I don't know if you remember. Oh, that yeah. Show. I loved that show at the beginning. Yeah. yeah and I, I didn't know this. I probably, uh, probably a lot of people know this. I didn't know this at the time. I thought it was kind of interesting is that like those shows are written by committee. Right. There's like the show runner, the creator of the show. And yeah. they sit down and they write an outline for the season, right? Here's what's going to happen over these 13 episodes. And then they sit down in a room of a dozen people and they basically each, each person in the room gets assigned to be the project leader or whatever for a particular episode. And they need to shepherd it through or whatever. And that's when you see the credit written by just as one person. Right. And usually the showrunner will, you know, take credit for maybe the first episode or maybe a season finale or whatever but i don't know so a lot so you know these shows are generally written by committee but there's so many times i'm watching something that i actually liked and i go no come on no that wouldn't happen who why didn't somebody stand up in the room and say no stop i, I don't know 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that, that quality for me was one of the things that sort of kept me at a, at a, at something of a remove with Game of Thrones. Cause you just, you always had that sense of it's being written by like seven or eight people. Yeah. Well, I also thought that, uh, uh, there was a huge difference from <clears throat> uh, when they went off the the books in Game of Thrones. You know, they 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 had like a lot of material to work with. Uh, the for whatever you think of those books, I actually read those books and enjoyed them, even though I don't huh. like that genre generally. But uh, right. uh, they were they they were incredibly well plotted, incredibly intricate. And they had that as their guide for like the first four seasons or so. And, and also just taking excellent bits of dialogue directly from the books. And then when they, around season five or six, when they started to like, you know, just have an outline that he, that George R.R. R. Martin gave them, I guess it went, right. it went downhill yeah. so fast. And, you know, but again, the last season, you could also just tell it was rushed. It was like there was yeah. there was all these things in earlier seasons that took like a year to develop, and then they just did them in like a half episode, and they you could just tell they were tired of it and wanted to move on. <clears throat> and I think that's also I, that's also something you see in a lot of writing too. You see, you can tell when a writer's gotten tired of what they're doing and they're just trying yeah. to like wrap things up or whatever. So. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I should probably go. I got to uh, right. go out and, and uh, go out for dinner tonight. Um, and my, I, I'm starting to lose my voice, as you can All right, hear, yeah. maybe. Um, yeah. All right, man. Well, it's been great talking to you. Yeah. And I, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I just, I am so happy that we are still friends all, this, me all too. these years, you know? Me too, man. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's such a great connection, you know? Yeah. Um, and look it's, at us. Uh, it's, it's hard to maintain, you it's know, friendships for this this long, Absolutely. long a time, you know, and uh, they're pretty precious. So, yeah, yeah. it was lovely talking with you. You too, man. All right. I'll talk to you yeah. soon. All right.